0: You're listening to South Niagara Conversations, a podcast presented by the South Niagara Chambers of Commerce, along with 105.1 The River and 101.1 More FM. Here are your hosts, Dolores Fabiano and Chris Burns.
1: Well, good morning and thanks to everyone who's joined us for our South Niagara Conversation series. For those of you who are tuning in from afar, we represent the communities of Fort Erie, Niagara Falls, Fort Coburn, Waynefleet, Welland and Pelham. We're located in Southern Ontario, a wonderful place to live, work and play. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Small Business Enterprise Centre, City of Niagara Falls. They're great supporters of our Chamber and of our local business community as well. This morning, we're going to continue our conversation on the incredible development happening in our municipalities across South Niagara. Welland does seem to be leading the pack in terms of uh, not only housing developments, but also commercial and industrial, Uh, dying to hear all of the details, so uh, we're going to get right to it. This morning, we're going to welcome Lina Decellis. She's the manager of economic development for the city of Welland, along with Grant Mundy. He's the director of planning and development services. Uh, Lena, let, let's get started. Let's start with um, an overview of the city of Welland so people understand uh, what makes our, our city so great. Okay. So
2: the city of Welland, we're a population of just over 55,000. Um, uh, Welland has always been, you know, uh, an industrial, was known as an industrial city. Um, you know, we we are still that uh, The the, uh, industries have, you know, uh, retooled, reached, uh, changed. Uh, We are no longer, you know, the large, maybe typical industrial where you've seen at one time, you know, the two, three thousand employees. However, we do have a number of great uh, industries in Welland, um, much smaller scale, but we do see many of them starting to expand in the last several years. Uh, we've um, attracted new industry over the last number of years. Uh, one uh, being um, at the time it was GE, it's now INEO, and that's probably one of our largest facilities here in Welland. It's, you know, almost 500,000 square feet. They employ over 200 employees. So it was a fantastic addition to to Welland. And, you know, recently, too, over the years, we've attracted kit. Kit Steel, um, uh, Northern Gold Foods, Intervision Greens. So there are a number of industries that chose Welland to expand or relocate. Um, you know, and, and Welland has uh, a lot of uh, recreational facilities, which we'll probably touch on a little bit, a little bit later. Um, and we have a small, a lot of uh, small, uh, you know, uh, industries or businesses that've been in Welland for for many years.
1: Mhm. I um so I started my my chamber career in Welland uh, and and I'm born and raised in Welland so uh, you know I I I really resonate with the community and I remember when I first started you know we still had the big five and, and so we had five big industrial uh, operations in town and uh, you know you, you everybody knew someone who worked at one of those right, right. and um you know slowly they all they all left closed whatever right. and I remember the last one was was John Deere that was the last one that closed and uh, you know the, the community was really and, and and Lena you 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 were there uh, in economic development at the time the community was really in mourning be, because it was such a shock such a change such a a challenge um, and you know we, we were kind of scratching our heads like now what? But man, oh man! Um, you know we've come out of it stronger, and and we were just saying before we we actually went live with this podcast that sometimes when you have these challenges, it really does force you to think outside the box. And I think you know, with economic development, the goal was really to go after advanced manufacturing. So still, you, you know that manufacturing, but but different, right? Exactly.
2: Yeah, just a different type of manufacturing. And you're you're right. I I started in those days when these industries were closing. And aging ourselves. And it was, yeah, it was <laughs> devastating because, like you said, it was our family members, it was our friends, and yeah, it was. Uh, it, it really affected you know people in the community and our in our community. But you're right. We've come a long way.
1: Yeah. So um, I know that advanced uh, manufacturing is, is one of your pillars, is, is one of the things, key sectors. What, what else? What else makes Welland Welland? So
2: advanced manufacturing, but also and one of our newer sectors, which, you know, Welland hadn't seen was the uh, uh, food processing. You know, yeah. we have, like I said, mentioned earlier, Northern Gold Foods, who's expanded. They have a facility that I believe it's around 170,000 square feet total. We have Intervision Greens that uh, you know produce leafy greens, and they're actually doing an expansion as well. So that's kind of another sector for us that we never really had in Welland. And then, of course, is our I think a big thing is our sports tourism as well is another uh, you know uh, kind of uh, sector that we look at.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we're going to get more more to that because it's it's really cool. Um, so in terms of attracting you know the industries. I think part of the strategy uh, was the foresight that, that many councils ago, um, they invested in um, you know along the 140, a servicing land and having it available, which isn't something that all communities have. C- can you tell us a little bit about that? Because that was, that was really smart thinking. It is, and I think that's what's made it so successful
2: over the years is when you look at... Uh, the number of industrial parks that the city actually owned we currently have you know property remaining in our seventh so that just goes to show you um, you know the land that we've had that's you know shovel ready so if somebody is interested they just come you know get their permits it's it's ready for them to go and uh it was important it you know the first i think couple sites we had were the southwell industrial park Um, which, you know, we sold out. And so it is, it is important for a community, I believe to have their own serviced industrial land. It just makes the process, I think quicker for somebody that's looking to invest. Um, And when it's shovel ready, it's just, it's that much more important to them. They can just come, they know they're, they, you know, ready to go.
1: Mm -hmm. And so do we still have a uh, serviced, available,
2: shovel-ready land? We do. In our River Road Industrial Park, we have two larger parcels uh, remaining. Um, and uh, we're getting actually a lot of interest in that in those two sites. So I'm not sure how much
1: longer we will have them, but right (laughs) right. now we do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good news. And so I know that we touched on again, just before we hopped on, on the podcast, we were talking about brownfield sites and Wellens had quite a bit of, of um, luck, I guess, uh, or success. Let's say success in um, uh, um, revitalizing brownfield sites. Can we talk about that a little bit? I don't know if it's Lena or Grant, but. Maybe I'll let
2: Grant uh, <laughs> touch on that a little bit more with, because we also have the incentive program for the brownfields, so.
0: I just are uh, not aware brownfields are sites that were contaminated from previous uses and uh, with Welland being an industrial city and most cities had previous industrial activities that contaminated lands. And so what we've uh, done is we've come up with a brownfield community improvement plan um, and that was done in partnership with the region. And that's allowed us to help um, attract people, and investors to purchase uh, brownfields and uh, allows us to partner with them in helping to get that um, particular piece of land cleaned up because uh, for the city, um, contaminated lands could, could potentially be leaching into the recreational canal, which is our, our drinking water source. And so it makes sense for us to try to get these properties uh, remediates. We offer incentives to try to defray the cost of the uh, cleanup and redevelopment of the site. And um, actually we found for every dollar that we put into these, we're getting $14 back in economic investment. And then we're getting a cleaned up piece of property, uh, the economic investment and uh, the ta- new tax base as well for uh, the city and region and the province.
1: Mm. So that's a good return on investment for sure. Can, can, you, um, can you share with us some, some examples of, of who we've attracted to some of those sites?
0: Yes. Uh, one of the major ones right now is the uh, Empire Homes redevelopment, which is uh, comprised of the former John Deere yeah. lands and uh, former Transport Canada lands along the Shipping Canal. And um, um, I, I go into detail about that uh, development, but basically... They're proposing approximately 2,190 dwelling units uh, plus a commercial, a commercial block. And the, the city is offering, uh, has approved them for, for, as an approved brownfield CIP application. And as part of that, uh, Empire Homes is um, constructing a $2.7 million sports park um, at the Flatwater Centre, which Lino uh, know I'll speak about later. Uh, They're offering $0.5 million in naming rights to the sports uh, park, Um, put their name on it, $3 million for design and construction of uh, parks and trails. Normally in subdivisions, we don't get the parks developed, we just get the land. Mm In this case, they'll be developed with actually facilities. Uh, They've given us uh, $100,000 to create a community trail strategy, which we've done. Um, and then uh, 6.3 million dollars to realign Canal Bank Street. Uh, they're in, and that's in process. 4.3 million dollars to uh, upgrade Forks Road, and also uh, 5 million dollars to um, reconstruct the Forks Road bridge. And in in uh, as part of this Brownfield incentive, uh, the city's offering up uh, approximately 20 million dollars in tax incentives over a extended period of time. million in building permit rebates, and uh, $4 million in development charge exemptions. Uh, This development is leveraging uh, private sector investment of approximately $478 million. um, And that includes the $36 million in uh, cleanup costs. So the the great news here is the Forks Road Bridge is gonna be replaced as part of this brownfield redevelopment plan. And um, it appears that by the end of the year, the mobilization will begin for that uh, bridge and it'll take approximately 14 uh, months to complete. The good news here is that um, brownfields are being remediated as part of this. Uh, We have a significant economic investment, a huge uh, increase in tax base uh, for the city and region, uh, new parks, trails, sport facility, upgraded roads, infrastructure, and a new bridge. Yeah. It's a great partnership that's leveraging huge uh, uh, gains for the city and also allowing Empire Homes to uh, develop their product as well.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, that's fantastic. That's the development that's happening out in Dane City. And um, so is that that that's not normal, right, for, for the developer to to do all of that?
0: Um, it varies uh, from project to project, um, d- depending on the scale of it. Um, in this case, Empire Homes, uh, they, they like to actually develop the community facilities. Uh, they would like to have those in place before they start the housing so buyers can yeah. see, this is what I'm getting, this trail, this new sports facility, these nice parks with a splash pad, um, new roads, the bridges there. Um, you know, they can see what they're getting um, before the housing goes in. And uh, so, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so over 2000 homes, you said, right? Yep. Okay. And so that's over a period of what time? So
0: Um, it's hard to really, yeah, it's hard to really know. The first, uh, this year they plan on, my understanding is they plan on submitting 300 uh, building permits um, in the spring. So we've already been sort of working with them in terms of how will we process these in an expeditious manner. Right. Um, So then I would say probably, it's hard to say it's going to be five to 10 years, I think, you know, by the time it's done right. um, from, from the, from the whole, the, the whole site, it's, it's quite significant size, uh, 146 hectares, 362 acres of land that's being developed. So, yeah.
1: So a, a couple of weeks ago, we, uh, one of our, our podcasts was uh, on um, housing market here in Niagara. And I mean, people keep, keep moving in um we're seeing it right across niagara um they we just can't build the homes fast enough and and we're also seeing that there's um different types of of housing being built so you know there's condos and there's townhouses and and the traditional homes and um you know, we 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 live in Welland and, and Grant. You're in Port Colborne. Um, that's not typically what we're used to seeing here in in Niagara. We don't, you know, typically have condos, and that's not that's not part of our our life down here. So, I guess my question is how do we maintain the balance, you know, of that quality of life, you know, that we've all become accustomed to with, you know, space and backyards and um, building the new type of, of housing that is definitely required. Like, how do you, how do you balance that?
0: Oh, yes. That's, that's a, that's the bit, that's the big question. Um, in 2010, when the city did their official plan, um, I wasn't at the city then, but they really made a conscious attempt to try to, you uh, you know, create more opportunities for growth along sort of major roads, you know, major arterials, collectors, transit lines to get the uh, zoning in play, the official plan designations in place to allow higher density development, to try to direct that development to those areas, to try to avoid kind of impact on uh, uh, low density areas, we'll call them. Uh, um, and so, um, yeah, it's a, it is a challenge. Uh, you know, but we've, we've had success in doing that in sort of pre-zoning areas because it tells investors, this is, this is the property here that, these are the properties here that allow the high density development. We're gonna buy there because we don't really wanna go through a public process. And um, like in working with economic development, that was one of the things uh, they showed me actually, they sent, brought me to a conference and they said, can you go to this um, planning planning uh, for economic development uh, <laughs> course? At this thing, so I went and I, I'm like, "What do I need to do that for?" I'm a I'm an expert in planning. I, I have all I have the degree and everything. So I, I went, and of course, the economic development people all said the biggest barrier to economic development is zoning and, and planning. Is if you don't, if you, it's you not have the problem. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and so, in 2017, we changed our zoning bylaw, which imple- implements our official plan. And we made a whole bunch of changes to try to signal to investors, whether it's residential or industrial, these are the areas where you can do it and the zoning allows it. You don't need to go through a process. If you want to go to other areas, then you're going to have to go through uh, processes. And we do see some of those, but the bulk of the apartments, actually there isn't a public process. They've already have the zoning in place. We had a public process when we did our zoning bylaw and so you don't you see a few come where they're on the edges of neighborhoods and right now we're in the process of doing a new official plan and we're going to look at that more in terms of how to how to uh, blend sort of low density and medium density um, and high density without you know negatively impacting the low density areas. I mean the thing is we have challenges as well we have to um, under the region's proposed official plan we're expected to meet a 75% percent, uh, percent intensification rate, which means that 75% of our growth has to go within the built-up area of the city, which is a defined area smaller than the urban area. So we we have that challenge as well. The good news is, is we're meeting it before it's actually um, being required. Do you have an idea for a small business? Maybe you're trying to grow a business that you've already started. Whatever the case, the Niagara Falls Small Business Enterprise Center is a community service that is here to help, offering entrepreneurs the tools to start and grow their businesses. The Small Business Enterprise Center is your one-stop for free business information and advice. Serving Niagara Falls and South Niagara, learn more about how we can help you and your business succeed at niagarafalls.ca/sbec.
1: Well, I have to say um, a couple of the condo developments that have happened here in Welland and and specifically, I'm thinking, uh, we we talked about it before, the one along the canal by the wellness center. Um, I I walk that along there, um, not in the winter, but in, in the good weather, and I watched it go up and it is gorgeous and it's sitting on the canal and I can't think of a better a better uh, facility to be there like it's just spectacular they're they're close to the walking trails they're right on the water it just to me and I'm not a planner but it just uh seems really smart to have built something like that there yeah and and that's uh that's filling up real quick
0: is it sold out? information on that
1: component of it so I
2: I believe you're referring to the Grand Canal Uh, yeah so that that is a retirement uh, community and uh, I know they are getting a lot of uh, interest uh, in that facility I think there are still some uh, rooms available Um, and I actually did take a tour of the facility and it is you know, you go on the balcony and you see the yeah. view and it's just a fantastic, you know, you have the waterway just right behind you, recreational. And I mean, in the summer, you can see the canoers kayak because the rental is just, you know, on the other side of the canal um, yeah. and you can see all that. The skateboard park is there. It's just, it's just a fabulous view. And it's, yeah, it was, is I think a long time coming.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think when I grow up, that's where I want to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So as we talk about housing, we, we, we also want to talk about housing affordability. Uh, it, it's an issue right across the country. Um, does, does the city have a, a, a strategy to ensure that people are, are able to continue to afford to live in Welland?
0: Yes, uh, we do have a strategy in place, and it's currently rooted in our uh, community strategic directions and our city official plan. And one of those uh, strategic directions speaks about uh, creating a complete community with a variety of housing types, including affordability, affordable housing. Um, Some of the things we've done to promote this, uh, as I said previously, we've updated our zoning bylaw to allow for more infill development as of right, and this includes such things as allowing accessory dwellings and creating more opportunities for higher density housing, which um, is helping to create uh, affordability because there's a. So vacancy rates were really low in the city for a period of time. They're they they're, they're just under three percent now, but they were even lower. And this has helped to uh, increase more housing in general. Um, we've exempted government and bodies, agencies, and boards from our zoning bylaw, so that if they want to promote propose a affordable housing project, it 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 can basically be whatever it needs to be. There's no uh, limitations. With except with respect to uh, infrastructure capacity, but zoning wise, it doesn't apply. So, they, so if Niagara Regional Housing comes forward and says I want to build 100 unit housing on this particular piece of property we own, as long as it can uh, fit on the property, um, it's it's permitted. Uh, we provide development charge exemptions for nonprofits or charitable groups. So, if they do want to provide uh, pr- provide affordable housing, they can achieve a get an exemption on the development charges. Uh, we have a member of understanding with Habitat for Humanity that provides certain incentives to them um, in, in respect to service laterals and development charge exemptions. We do have our downtown health and wellness CIP and our brownfield both of which have and are currently attracting uh, affordable housing projects, but with this said, we know that more needs to be done. There is no silver bullet here with regards to affordable housing. It has to be a multi-pronged approach with participation from the region, province and federal levels of government. And approximately a year ago, the Welland uh, Affordable Housing Task Force was established and it was comprised of a number of people interested in housing uh, in Welland and, and also there representatives from the region. And they were basically tasked with looking at housing affordability and provide recommendations to council and help address uh, issues of affordable housing. And one major recommendation they came up with was to a form a affordable housing committee of council and also to uh, produce a community improvement plan that would provide incentives for uh, affordable housing projects. And we're currently actually, uh, you know, here's my pitch, we're currently um, recruiting for members of this affordable housing committee and um, applications are due on Thursday, March 31st uh, by 4.30 p.m. and you can get the application from our website um, if you're interested in housing at all or affordability where we, we you know, apply and, and uh, your application will be considered. And again, like I said, we're gonna be doing a community improvement plan. We started the request for proposal process and this affordable housing committee, um, we're actually gonna involve them in picking, helping pick which consult is gonna do the affordable housing CIP for the city. So they're actually gonna be their first meeting. I'm going to be having them evaluate these uh, proposals so that they are part of the process, and then they'll work with this consultant in developing what are the incentives that the city, well, and is going to offer in addition to what uh, we already have. And mm-hmm. so I think it's going to be a really great process, and we hope to have it in place um, in December uh, this year, and uh, be able to offer a new set of incentives that will help promote affordable housing will also come up with a definition of kind of what is affordable housing Sure. Yeah. as it relates to the CIP program.
1: Yeah. I think one, one of the issues that, that um, we had heard about was that uh, landlords who had homes that they were renting out, um, you know, in this hot market were selling those homes and people who were buying them were, were living in them. They weren't renting them. Right. And so that, that took a, a bunch of, of, Properties off the market in terms of rental properties, um, so that that added to the problem. But I wonder. So, so um, we've made some changes so that that now people can renovate basements or add on to their homes, and they can rent. Um, has there been a lot of uptake on that?
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> we in twenty uh, seventeen we virtually had uh, zero accessory dwellings. Uh, Getting permits. Um, as we, we've, we've thought, though, in looking at different data in South Canada, that people were, were adding second units because of the difference between building permit numbers and statistic Canada numbers, we realized that there was units being added. But so we did when we changed the rules to allow it. Um, it it basically increased, you know, immediately. And uh, we right now we do did uh, seventy two, I believe, in twenty twenty one which accounted for about 10% of our growth. And this year we're expected to do probably over a hundred of these accessory dwelling units. Um, like I said, it's about 10% of the growth and um, making it easy is it in terms of doing it has actually improved the situation because we now have people coming in for building permits and making sure that these uh, units are safe. Uh, mm-hmm. Thought was happening in the past is people just They'd hear, you know, you need to get a zoning and then you need to do this and they're looking at all the costs and they just go home and they just add the unit right. and, you know, it's not necessarily safe and also doesn't get properly assessed by impact, you know, you know, it's unfair to other property owners who may not have second units and, you know, they, they don't have that income coming in. So they're paying the same taxes and it, it's really not fair. So the, this has actually been beneficial allowing it is, is improve the situation. I know there's some people who are you know they they haven't seen that before you know neighbors in some cases when the, somebody puts a second unit in they get concerned that now there's an apartment coming in so we've mm-hmm. had some of that which is understandable it's a different thing but I can tell you where I am in Park Coburn and I'm in a new uh, newer area many houses have the second uh, units and in them and you know it it, it hasn't uh, in most cases it's people's parents you know.
1: Yeah. Children, yeah.
0: but it hasn't really changed anything. Like it's not uh, negatively impacted anything. It's I think made it more diverse uh, the community.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean really, if you go to Europe, uh, th- that is how they live, right? Like I I think of all my relatives in Italy, and they all either live in the same house or next to each other and they just keep adding on. It's just their way of life. Um, And correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think it was Welland who was one of the first communities here in Niagara to make that change um, so that you could add a secondary um, um, unit to to homes. I think think Welland was the first one in the region to do that, to make those changes.
0: Yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, Welland is considered. If you if you if you do some googling on Welland, we're considered one of the top places to invest in second unit. I've seen a number of uh, wow, a number of YouTube videos from real estate agents and stuff, and, they, and investors talking about how. And it's not only that; it's it's our, it's our building permit process. It's so efficient, and it's so much better than what they've experienced elsewhere. They're, they're, raving about it. It seems like on YouTube about how easy it is to deal with well, and the, and the rules are easy. And like I said, in terms of the problems that may arise, this could happen with any type of house, you know, property standards issues happen, whether it's rental or ownership, it's across the board. And so we have bylaws in place so that if something gets out of control garbage or that kind of thing, people can call the city and our bylaw officers will be out there uh, very quickly and, uh, Ensuring that it's cleaned up, and, and like I say, whether it's a rental or a house or or a business, you know the, the rules are there to ensure that the n- potential negative impacts are controlled.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good strategy. Um, so we have to talk about sports tourism in Welland. I know that it's uh, another key sector. We have some incredible uh, state-of-the-art facilities that would blow people's minds um, if they came to town. So we have to talk about them. L- Lena, uh, take it away. I mean, there's just so so much that, that you can tell us about. Yeah. So
2: there is. I mean, we have you know the young sportsplex, which is the indoor outdoor uh, soccer, the FIFA you know size uh, courts. Uh, which also has tennis, indoor tennis. Um, We have the international Welland International Water Centre, which is amazing for the city, the arena, the baseball stadium, which is now the home of the Welland Jackfish. Um, You know, they joined the city a few years ago. Uh, Before that, I mean, that stadium, I think, was underutilized. So it's, it's, you know, it's fantastic to see them here and, you know, the people that they're going to draw now that, we're hopefully be beyond, uh, you know, COVID, getting out of COVID. Um, and now with, you know, the uh, Empire Homes building, the outdoor multi-sports complex. I mean, that's a, another great addition to, well, and, you know, it's going to host pickleball, basketball, volleyball, tennis. There's going to be some green space. Um you know, and, and with a lot of these, because we have a lot of these facilities, you know, we're hosting a number of the Canada Summer Games as, as well. You know, we're gonna have, there's gonna be the basketball and volleyball at Niagara College. I mean, Niagara College, even though they're not city-owned, there's still facilities here in Welland for sports. Um, tennis at the Welland Tennis Club, you know, during, for the Canada Games. Our flat water center is gonna host canoe, kayak, swimming and uh, triathlon, um, there's also going to be soccer at the Young Sports Class. so it just goes to show how beneficial these facilities are to Welland, and, you know, they're going to attract different, uh, different people um, to the area, and they'll get to know the area, um, you know, and I think Two, what the city is looking at doing is they're looking to expand their recreational canal network, you know, specifically east to west, and that's going to make it for easier access for for people, mm-hmm. um, you know. And and this with now that we're, these restrictions have been lifted, you know, the Flatwater Center is again starting to host their events for 2022, and my understanding is that we're at numbers pre pre pandemic which is fantastic. So you're going to see the canoeing, the kayaking, the open water swim, the, the triathlon, the dragon boat. It's all going to be back this summer, which is, is great to see. So with these facilities, and when you have these events, you draw people from all areas. And, and you know, it, it benefits our, um, our restaurants, our retail, but also I think, you know, when you look at the big picture, it also helps maybe with investment. I mean, you know, people coming here, they're business people too. They look at the city and they think, you know, wow, oh, maybe this is a place I want to invest.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I really love. And I, I remember I, again, going to going to date myself, but uh, many, many years ago, decades really um, you know, we, we were trying to figure out in Welland, you know, where did we fit in the world of tourism? Right. Because Um, You know, we're we're not far from Niagara Falls and Niagara on the Lake and we're, you know, wine countries all around us. But where did we fit? And um, it was such a smart strategy to to, you know, follow that sports tourism path, because that is who we are. Right. That that really is who we are. And um, when I when I think back and see how far we've come in terms of development of facilities that flat water course uh we you know where we used to do the dragon boat boat festival yes. uh, there was nothing there I mean we would bring in porta potties for the weekend um, I remember nothing. that <laughs> and now yeah nightmares right but yeah now it's it's an incredible facility that that is second to none and I, I'm just so proud of the work that the city has done on developing those types of facilities because Yes, you know, it's our our fit in the tourism world, but for quality of our life uh, here in in the city, it just really adds so much. And I I love it. And of course, we have all of the walking trails that, you know, I know that there's more, more work going on around that, making sure that we're all connected and you can walk or bike or whatever for as long as you want and uh, it really contributes to our, our quality of life. So uh, two thumbs up, because I, I, I'm really proud of all of that. I, I think that that kind of uh, brings us to the end. But any, any last words from either of you? Um, no, I just, well, yeah, I
2: guess I do want to say something, you know, I've been, you know, I've been here, I, well, I lived, born and raised in well, and I've been here my whole life. And, um, you know, we, we've changed over the years, but I think we're going to see a big change in the next five to 10 years, it's gonna be a very different city. And I think it's a city that we're all gonna be very proud of.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that too.
0: No, oh, I think I would echo what uh, Lena's saying. Uh, we, we, we have about 8,000 units in the sort of uh, dwelling units in the application uh, pipeline per se. And so we can see that the growth is, is gonna be significant. But like Lena says, the stuff that's coming forward is is going to be impressive. I really think uh, people are going to be impressed and I don't think it's going to negatively impact people. I think it's going to have a positive impact on the community and it's going to affect impact businesses because they're going to have more customers, which is I think uh, great uh, for them. And with having all the sort of losses during COVID-19, I think just it's going it's to help uh, reinvigorate the community and um, it's going to be uh, great going forward. It's, it's exciting times to be working and planning um it's not too often you get a chance to work work for a place that's so rapidly expanding and there's so many great projects you can work on or staff are just so excited because there's so many different projects going on it's not slow there's lots of work going on the days flying by quick and so yeah it's great
1: yeah it's um uh, it's been great for us to hear um the updates from all of the communities uh future is bright Uh, It it looks great in South Niagara and uh, we're proud to be here. So thank you so much, Lena and Grant, for joining us today. and and just providing us with some great insight on what's happening um, in the city of Welland. Um, Next week, we're going to wrap up our tour of Niagara communities who are booming. We're going to be welcoming Marco Marino. He's the Economic Development Officer for the city of Thorold. We'll learn how they're leveraging the Welland Canal to position the municipality as a place to be. To all of our listeners, send us the topics that you're talking about because we want to talk about them too. Thanks again for tuning in and have yourselves a great day.